0: So this is the first time ever that the new Children's Laureate has performed at Ledbury. And it's also the first time ever that the Children's Laureate is a poet. So I am doubly excited. Are you excited? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Great. Well, um, Joseph Coelho is here today to um, uh, give give you his poetry um, if you go online, you'll also find him. He has some wonderful videos he does with prompts for your own writing. So you can find those online, and they're really brilliant. Um, uh, they'll give you lots of ideas for your own poems, which I think is fabulous, that he is really saying to all of you, you too can write and be poets, and that's um, just brilliant. Um, the other thing I love about Joseph Coelho, and why I'm so, so thrilled that he's the children's laureate, is that he his poems are so brilliant at celebrating how we're all different and we're all unique and um individual and that's so special um and i really love that um uh, that his poet, poems sing about uh, us all as special unique people so I'm just so happy to be able to welcome him here today and I hope you'll give him a really warm uh, Ledbury welcome and I just also want to thank the people who support the festival and make it happen, that's the Arts Council and our wonderful sponsor BRM, very mysterious. So we can give Joseph Coelho a huge round of applause please. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hello, everyone.
1: Are you all OK? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes? You're going to help me do some poems? Yeah. yeah sure? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. OK, so I'm going to start off by telling you a bit about how I became a poet and an author and the Woodstone Children's Laureate, and then we'll share some poems and you guys will help me create some poems, and they're going to be fantastic. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. OK, so my name is Joseph Coilo, but you guys can call me Joe. I write books. I write lots of different kinds of books, some of which are on the screen here. I write pitch books, middle grade books, non-fiction books, YA books. And I've been writing books for about 10 years, but I've been a writer for about 20 years. And it all started when I was a kid. That's me as a kid. Oh. Oh. Oh, I did like I did like football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't support a team because I've never really watched a match. <laughs> but I used to like kicking a ball around when I was a kid. And you can't tell from this photo, but I'm actually at the bottom of my block of flats. I grew up in a big concrete block of flats in a place called Roehampton on the Alton West estate, the largest estate in Europe at the time. And it was also a very green area. So what you can see are all the trees and the grass. And I used to love playing outside, getting inspired by the great outdoors. As I got older, I continued to find the great outdoors inspiring. Here, I'm about 12 or 13, and I'm doing something very special. I am pretending to be a dinosaur, because this was when the very first Jurassic Park came out. You guys, you know about Jurassic Park, oh, yeah. and there's about you have never seen it. You've never seen it. Ah, there's a Lego version as well. So many different versions. But you guys are lucky. I think there's about six Jurassic Park films now. When I was a kid, we'd never seen CGI dinosaurs before. And so whenever we played outside, we'd roll up our trouser legs and do dinosaur legs. And that's me doing dinosaur legs, messing about with my friends outside, getting ideas that would later become stories, poems and books. Some of those ideas I would take back to the classroom. Here I am with my friend James and we're smiling because we're writing. We're writing stories and poems, probably destined for the very... I've got a little red light on here. Probably destined for the very blank display board you can see behind us there. I'm sure there are no blank display boards in your classrooms. There oh, no. are. <laughs> you're going to You're gonna dob your teachers in, aren't you? <laughs> I'm sure they will be filled with your poems by the end of today, yes? Yes, yes, excellent. This is the block of flats I grew up in, Bindling House. I grew up on the third floor, and what I loved about the block was the height. I could see for miles. I could see the tops of trees and bushes, and I would look down on that landscape. I could see a very famous park called Richmond Park, where there are deer and ponds and frogs and newts. And I would look on that landscape, getting ideas that would later become stories, poems and... books, that's right. And I would play games with myself, little word games to get ideas for poems. So here, I've taken two photos of my block and merged them together, the top half and the bottom half. My block was weird, it was on stilts. It was on these big pillars called pilotties. Um, and I would look at the different details and come up with similes. Do we know what similes are? What's a simile? You're um, using um, one word and then scraping Yeah, so you... Oh, well done. Yeah, yeah, the wind was as quick as like a cheetah. No, that's, that's brilliant, that's brilliant. The wind was as quick as a cheetah. So using like as to compare two things. That's a brilliant definition, well done. So I would look at the block and come up with new similes. So I'd look at the aerials. You see the aerials? You can just about make them out here. It's that light, I don't, yeah. Maybe we can turn that light off, if they possible. Of, like, the thing on, like, yeah. It was actually on steel, not the whole thing. There was like a big block at one end. Uh, so there was a big block at one end that had the lift and the stairwell in. That's a very good question. Ah, oh, thank you. Um, so can you see the aerials on top here? I would look at those aerials and make up a simile. The aerials are like witches' fingers. The aerials are like dead branches. The aerials are like what? Um, sticky hair. Sticky, air. sticky <laughs> hair. Sticky hair. Sticky hair, nice. The aerials are like robotic, robotic, claws. robotic claws, nice. Is there, is there is like Captain hooks hooks. Captain hooks, hooks. Oh, I like that. Captain's hook. What's Cap- oh, a tongue twister? Captain's hook. Captain hooks hooks. Nice. Over here, the aerials are like. Um. Is that a hand? Is that a cautious hand? The aerials are like. what's other sticky things? Sticky out things. Forks, spears. Oh, oh, oh. Forks. forks, like forks. The arrows, like forks. Well done. And then I'd look at the balconies. So we'd enter our flats through the balconies, these lines going across the front of the block, and they reminded me of bowling ball alleys, of school corridors, of stripes. The balconies are like... Squares. Like squares, nice. Prison blocks. Prison blocks, nice. The balconies are like... What well, those long lines are like? You forgot? You know what? I forget stuff every day. I forgot who I was this morning. I was like, who am I? And I looked at mirror. I'm Joe. Any other ideas? Was that a hand? Just sorting out your hair. That's okay. Down here. What would be another long straight thing? What's a long straight thing you've got in your pencil football cases? Goal. Yeah. Uh, ruler. Like a ruler, yeah. Balcony's like a ruler, well done. Football goal. Like a football goal, nice. And then you can see the dark windows that reminded me of the eyes of spiders, deep, dark pools, the windows are like portals to other worlds, the windows are like black, black holes. The windows are like, the windows are like monster eyes. oh, like monster eyes. Nice. Yeah. The nighttime, the nighttime that's black. Lovely. Yeah. The Minecraft
0: end portal.
1: The Minecraft end portal. We're getting very specific yeah, I like it. Yeah. Like speakers. Like speakers. Nice. Like a pitch black void. Beautiful. Like the night skies are fantastic. Yes. Books. Like books. Oh, yeah, because they're sort of square like books, aren't they? And now look at the pillars. The pillars holding my block up. What do they remind you of? What are they like? Legs. Like legs, yeah. Long sticks. Long stick. long stick. I thought you said grog sticks. What's a grog stick? Long sticks. Yeah, long sticks. Goal like goal posts. Yes. At the back there. Yeah. Like a club, yes, like a club, yeah. A strong man. Like a strong man, yeah. Like pencil. Like pencil, a bit, imagine having a pencil that big. It'd mm-hmm. be hard to get to school, wouldn't it? be like <laughs> this. Urgh. Yeah. Sausages. Like sausages, Ah, oh, I would have eaten my block. Like stilts, yes. Massive chips. Like, oh, you guys are making me hungry now. Like massive <laughs> chips, Yes. Like a log. Fantastic. I can see you've got lots of great ideas. But just by looking at the details of my block, I would start to invent similes, getting ideas that would later become stories, poems, and... Books. 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 And you could do the same thing. You could do it for where you live. Maybe you live in a block of flats like I did. Maybe you live in a house, a masonette, or a cottage. Maybe you live in a mansion or a villa. Maybe you live in a bungalow. Maybe you live on a yacht, or on a boat, or in a treehouse, or in a space station. Oh. I don't know. You might live in a space station. Maybe in... Another 50 years or so we will be like aliens, like aliens. But oh, you could do it for your school, looking at the different architectural details of your school, coming up with similes to create a simile poem. Who might have a go at doing that later on? Who might have a go? Excellent, oh, fantastic, excellent. Now my block was weird because as well as being a big concrete block surrounded by nature, it also had other interesting things around it. You see this big bush? Can you see the big bush? Yeah. That big bush is hiding an old Victorian garden. Because Roehampton, before the estate was built, uh, Roehampton was the countryside. And very rich people would go there and build their big, huge mansions like Downton Abbey. You know Downton Abbey? And there were a lot of derelict, empty mansions near my block. And there was one called Downshire House. And that bush hid the garden, but me and my friends knew where to look. At the bottom, hang on a minute, At the bottom, there was a secret stairway through the bushes and you could walk up the stairs and find yourself inside this Victorian garden. And me and my friends and family would have picnics in there and play out in that garden, getting ideas that would later become stories, poems and books. books. That's right. As I got older, I started to perform poems. Here, I'm in my 20s performing poems, and you can see I've got some sheets of paper here that are very crumpled and creased. Now, the reason they're very crumpled and creased is because I would write a new poem every week, fold it up, put it in my pocket, go see my friends. Get an idea. Take the poem out, unfold it, and make changes. Fold it back up, put it in my pocket, go to the shops. Get another idea. Take the poem out, unfold it, and make changes. Editing and redrafting my poem. Do your teachers ask you to edit and redraft your work? Yes. And you love it, don't you? No. (laughs) Well, when they ask you to edit and redraft your work, they're giving you a very important skill. They're helping you to become stronger writers. And that's not only important if you want to be an author or a poet, but whatever job you end up doing, writing will feature. And it will mean that you can write a brilliant email, a wonderful job application, a brilliant speech, maybe the next brilliant top-selling computer game or superhero movie. It might mean that you can write a fantastic blurb for a YouTube video, or a wonderful review about a book or a band or a festival. It might mean that you can write a very strongly worded complaint because something you ordered didn't arrive on time. So it will make your words more powerful, your voice more powerful. So next time your teachers ask you to edit or redraft your work, will you do a favor for me? I would like you to say to them, And you have to do it like that, okay? What we do, you'll go, thank you. Because they are helping your voices become very, very strong. Now, writing and performing poems led to me writing plays. I've written many plays over the years, plays that I've performed in and produced, but also plays that I've written for all the children's theatres in London, like Polka Theatre and the Unicorn Theatre and the Little Angel Theatre. That, in turn, led to me writing books and to date, I have about 30 books that are now available in all good bookshops and libraries. I've written more than that, but it takes a while for books to come out. So I'm writing books now that will come out in 2024 and 2025 and 2026. It normally takes about two years for a book to come out. But I have about 30 that are available now. And I've written a bit for TV. So I've written for CBeebies. I've written poems for Rhyme Rocket. And I was on Jojo and Grand Grand, creating poems uh, with some of the kids on that show as well. And that brings us up to the present day, where last year I was made the Waterstones Children's Laureate, following on from the wonderful Cressida Cow and Lauren Child before her. I'm the 12th Children's Laureate, and it's a two-year job, and for two years I get to celebrate and represent children's literature and encourage lots of young people like yourselves to read books. And I have lots of different goals during my time as Laureate. One of them is to join a library in every uh, UK... Every library authority in the UK. And so far, I've joined 176 libraries. So I have 176 library cards. I'm doing that to encourage people to get to their library and to borrow lots of books so that we can celebrate and protect our libraries. I'm also writing and, and producing the Poetry Prompts, which is a series of videos that go live every Monday morning. So over on my YouTube channel and on the Book Trust website, booktrust.org.uk forward slash poetry prompts, there's a load of videos, about 40 videos, which show you simple ways, in just like five to ten minutes, simple ways of creating a poem. And another thing I'm doing is celebrating up-and-coming writers and illustrators and poets to make sure that all you guys can see yourselves as a writer, as someone who can make books. Oh, it's never happened yet, but never say never. Actually, what has happened, so Cressida Cow, who was Children's Laureate before me, normally it's two years. Because of COVID and because of lockdown, she was Children's Laureate for three years. So sort of. So maybe like she was Children's Laureate like once and a half. And also, can you give us a little sneak peek of your little, of your your next books? Coming up. Yeah. (laughs) When you're... I forgot. When you're... I don't know. When am I? (laughs) It's quite a philosophical question. When are we? Are we? Am I here? What am I forgetting? Yes. If you remember, you can just put your hand up again. Yeah. Sort of. Oh, that's a really good question. It's like a role. It's kind of like an award. Um, So over 80 different organisations and individuals in the the publishing industry, so literature charities and writers and illustrators, get asked each year who they think should be laureate, and they all nominate people. And then from that nominations list, uh, a group of people get together called the Steering Group, the Laureate Steering Group, and they create a shortlist out of all the nominations. And then from that, I was on that shortlist, and when you're on the shortlist, you get asked, do you want the job? Would you want to do this? Because it's quite a lot of work. So I've been travelling loads over this last year, and I've do lots of media interviews, and I was on BBC Breakfast and on Newsround and Sky Arts, doing lots of different things. Um, so then you get asked whether you want to do it, because some people don't want to do it, which I understand, because it's very busy. Um, and then, a couple of months later, you find out if you've got the job. And when you get the job, you get a medal. So I've got a silver medal. I don't know if it's solid silver. It's definitely silver. I need to bite it (laughs) to find out. But I get a silver medal, which I get to keep forever. And after the two years, I will no longer be laureate, but I will be a former laureate, (laughs) like the other former laureates. So I'll take two more questions, and then we'll carry on, and there'll be more time for questions at the end. Is that okay? Is that okay? You sure? Yeah. Why did you get a gold medal? Oh, you know what? Until you said that, I haven't thought about that. Why haven't I got a gold medal? Well, all the laureates get a silver medal. Um, but it's not like there's gold, silver, and bronze. It's more like a an honour. It's an honour. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to, you're the first, you're the second, you're the third. But I shall suggest to them that a young student said it should be gold. <laughs> yes. This is children's laureate. Is also like adults? Uh, there also There's a poet laureate, uh, which is a role for 10 years, um, but that's a slightly different thing. So that's more uh, focused towards poetry for adults, whereas I'm the children's laureate, but I happen to be a poet. Does that make sense? Yeah. You could be both. You you know what? That's something to aim for, isn't it? I think I I have to get another couple of decades under my belt before I could be poet laureate. But that would be good. You could technically be both. Yeah, absolutely. Right, I'm going to carry on now. Is that okay? There will be more time for questions at the end. Thank you for your questions, that's really lovely. Uh, So yes, children's law, we've spoken about that. Um, And uh, I want to let you know that I still get inspired by the great outdoors. Do you ever get stuck for ideas? I get stuck for ideas all the time, all writers do. And what I do is I go for a walk, I clear my head. I live by the sea now, so if I get stuck for an idea, I walk along the beach and I find that magically new ideas start to pop in as I clear my mind. Um, I mentioned the poetry prompts. I want to show you what these look like. So there's a poster that you can download from the BookTrust website, booktrust.org.uk, forward slash poetry prompts, and you can print it up, put it on your school walls, put it on your fridge at home, and it can become the focus for you to put all your poems because I passionately believe that we are all poets and that we just need a little bit of time and guidance to shine. So I'm gonna show you some ways that you can write poems. I'm going to start off by writing a poem with just one word. Did you know you can write a poem with just one word? No, no. Well, you can, but there's a trick to it. The trick is to have a very long title. So if you have, or well, you can hardly see that, but if you, if you have a, there's a title here that says The Sad Tale of a Fly. I can read that. Oh, you can read it. Very good eyes. So that's a long title, and the one word for that title is yeah. splat. Here's another long title. The day I ate macaroni cheese with ice cream, custard, avocado, and fish eggs. Any ideas what the one word could be? Yum. Yeah. I threw up. I threw, threw up. So did I throw up. So it would to be one word. Throw up. Yeah. Um, yum. Yum could be yum, couldn't it? Yummy. yummy could be yummy. Yummy. Yummy could be yummy twice. Yeah. Yeah. Could be yuck, couldn't it? Yeah. Yuck. It could be yuck. Gross. Could be gross. <laughs> Disgusting. Disgusting. Yes. Breakfast. Breakfast. <laughs> nice. Revolting. Yeah. Delicious. Could be delicious. Yeah. Evil. It does sound pretty evil, doesn't it? All those things mixed together. Well, all of those ideas could work. And this is what I like about one word poems. They're very versatile. I went with Blair, But everything you said could absolutely work. How about this title? Jumping from a plane without a parachute. Uh, ah, could totally work. Horizon. Oh, nice. Horizon. Yeah. Death. It got quite dark, didn't it? We yeah. <laughs> die, die. <laughs> Sorry. Oops. Oops. Could work, didn't it? Splat. Splat. Could work. It, it says without a parachute. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Could work. Blood. Ooh. Very sense of blood. Yeah. Help. 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 Could work. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, cruel world. Yes. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Owl could totally work. All of those could work. I went with, no. And how about this? The sound of lightning. The sound of lightning. Bang. Bang could work. Sad. 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 Oh, the sound of lightning. Sad. It makes me think about lightning very differently, isn't it? It's like it's sad. Depressing. Nice. I don't know how you spell it, but I love it. Like P-O-O-O-O-O-U-F. Zap, you've read this poem. Zap, great minds. Zap, all of those. Deaf could work. Deaf could totally work. So that's how you write a one-word poem. Can anyone think of a new long title? So instead of the day I ate macaroni cheese with ice cream, custard, avocado, and fish eggs, you could have the day I smelt a toilet, the dustbin, and my brother's big toe. Yeah. Or instead of the sad tale of a fly, you could have the happy story of a giraffe.
0: Oh, and what
1: would the one word be? Yummy. Yummy, nice. The day I jumped off a cliff. The day I jumped off a cliff. And what would the one word be? Splat. Splat, nice. The day I doomed myself. The day I doomed myself. And what's the one word? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, nice. Yeah? The day I died. <laughs> what's the one word? Death. Nice. <laughs> Ooh, what's the one word for the day I got stung by a jellyfish? That hurt. That's two words. It hurt. But you could do a two-word poem if you want. You're the boss. If you want to do a two-word poem, you can. The day I swam with piranhas. Ooh, and what's the one word for the day I swam with piranhas? Shred. Oh, gosh. Ooh, I made my hands feel weak. <laughs> Shredded. The day I jumped on the swing. Ooh, what's the one word? Oops, excellent, excellent. Do you think later on you might write your own one-word poems? They're easy, right? And you could write, you, in your classes, you could write one-word poems all on the same theme. So you could all do a load of one-word poems with different long titles all about unicorns or all about computer games or all about water. And then you could put them all together to make a very long poem, can not you? So you can use one-word poems in lots of different ways, and that's why I think they are... Some of the, the easiest, but also the most fun poetic forms. Another oh, poetic form that I like to do is called... Oh, oh, you didn't see that. The more raps. This is a poetic form of my own device. Dude, is that because I just showed you? No. <laughs> you knew already. Yeah. Okay, hold on to it, because we're going to come to it in a bit, and I will ask you first, okay? Yeah. So the more raps. Um, is a poem that I wrote. Oh, I will be reading from that book. I, should, I said I wouldn't be, but I will. I will be. So my very first book that came out, which isn't at the back, <laughs> but it is available in all good bookshops and libraries, and I'm sure they'll get it in at some point. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so the more raps is a poem, one of my first poems uh, to ever get published, and it. I'm going to read you the more raps. I want you to listen out for what the letters stand for. Okay, what the M stands for and the O and the R and the E. But afterwards, we are going to create our own More Raps poem. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, the More Raps. The More Raps are a trick to help with your writing. They add a kick to language, make writing more exciting. M is for metaphor, saying one thing is another. The sun is an oven, the earth is everyone's mother. O is for onomatopoeia. 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 onomatopoeia.
0: onomatopoeia.
1: onomatopoeia.
0: Onomatopoeia.
1: Words that are also sounds, whoosh went the wind and howl went the hound. R is for rhyme, words that sound the same. You can put a cat in a hat or simply try rhyming your name. E is for emotion. Happy? Worried? Sad? Yay. Great writing shares a feeling from the good to the bad. The other R is for repetition, but don't repeat any old word. Find a phrase with a musical rhythm that sounds like a song from a bird. A is for Alliteration. You've got to air guitar though. Alliteration. Alliteration. Very good. Word sharing the same starting letter used in the tongue twister that made Betty's Bitter Batter better. Betty's Bitter Batter better. Betty's Bitter Batter better. Betty's Bitter Batter better. Very good. P is for Personification. Human features used to describe a thing. I looked to the sky and saw the sun's bright shining grin. S is for? Using as and like to compare. For instance, when my mother gets angry, she snarls like a rampaging bear. The more raps are a wonderful way to add a punch to your writing. Master them like a juggler. Make your words ripe for the biting. M is for? Metaphor. <gasps> metaphor. Metaphor. When we say something is, something else. Has anyone got a metaphor for the sun? A metaphor for the sun, saying that the sun is um, another thing. It's, it's, it's really it kind of is, though, isn't it? It's, uh, no, it's not in God's eye. What? God's eye. Nice. Will you remember that line for me? The sun is God's eye. Have you got that in your head? Excellent. Locked in? Excellent. O is for? Well done. It's a 12-letter word. I'm going to tell you a secret. Many adults can't spell this word. If you ask them, they'll go quiet and start sweating. Right? It's a very long word. Do you guys know the tune to Old MacDonald? Lovely. This is how you can learn how to spell onomatopoeia. You just need to practice spelling it to the tune of Old MacDonald, like this. O-N-O-M-A-T-O-P-O-E-I-A All together now. (laughs) So if you practice spelling it to the tune of Old MacDonald, you'll never forget it. It just means words that are sounds like boom, crash, bang, meow, woof. Has anyone got a sentence? About the sun that uses onomatopoeia. A sentence about the sun that uses onomatopoeia. So you might use bang or crash or sizzle. Yeah. But I need a sentence. And we need an onomatopoeic word. Yeah. The sun sizzled on the frying pan. I love that. Will you remember that line for me? Is it locked into your head? The sun sizzled on the frying pan. So the onomatopoeic word is sizzled. Lovely. R is for... Rhyme. Has anyone got a rhyme for the sun? A rhyme for the sun? Uh, I like the sun because... Um, I like the sun because... Because it looks like my mum. <laughs> that's lovely. Will you remember that? Light? Oh, hello, we've got... Oh, cool. Yeah, that's right. Hello, guys. <laughs> You're, you're early for the next session. <laughs> we'll we just let everyone else sit down. No, it's okay. Yeah. That's good. I'll come to you. Sun hun. You could do Sun hun. So f- for, for our new members, as you're sitting down, we're coming up with some lines. We're coming up with a more raps poem, and we've just had a, a rhyme, a rhyme for the sun, which was... I like the sun because it looks like my mum. Will you remember that line for me? Is it locked into your head? Excellent. I love the sun because it looks like my mum. E, the E stands for what? Emotion. Emotion. The E sounds like emotion. So I'm looking for a sentence about the sun that uses any emotion words, any feeling words. Right at the back of that. Yeah, can we put that into... Um, It is is saying more raps. It is saying more raps. You're quite right. So, uh, sad. Can we put that into a sentence about the sun? The sun is sad. The sun is sad because it melts. The sun is sad because it melts. Will you remember that line for me, my dear? Is it locked into your head? The sun is sad because it melts. Excellent. Ah, the other R. What does the other R stand for? Mm. Oh, the other R, the other R. Oh, yeah, well done, well done. Good hearing. <laughs> Repetitions when we repeat a word or a phrase. Has anyone got a sentence about the sun where we repeat a word or a phrase? If I was doing a sentence about the rain, I might say the wet, wet, wet rain. Falls on me every day. But I want one about the sun. I'm going to come, right, I'm going to come over to our new class. Yes. The hot, hot sun. Well done. Will you remember that line for me? Is it locked into your head? The hot, hot sun. Well done. So that was R for repetition. A is for? Well done. Alliteration. That's when we have lots of words that start with the same letter. Has anyone got a sentence about the sun with lots of words that start with the same letter? The sun set. Can we get one more S in there? Nice. Will you remember that line for me? The sun sets slowly. Well done. The P is for... Right at the back. Well done. Well done. done. Personification. When we describe a thing as if it were a person. So we might say the trees are dancing in the wind. Do trees really dance? No. Do people dance? So we're describing the tree as if they are people. How can we describe the sun as if it were a person? The sun shines like an eye. Will you remember that line for me? The sun shines like an eye. Is that okay? Yeah, thank you. And then the final S. The final S is for, who haven't we had? Yes. Simile. Has anyone got a simile for the sun when we use like or as to compare? A simile for the sun. The sun is like an animal. What kind of animal? Lion. The sun is like a lion? Should we say that? Mm. Well done. The sun is like a lion. Have you remembered that line? If I ask you to remember a line, can you stand up for me, please? If I ask you to remember a line, can you stand up? So we should have eight people standing. I think we One, two, three, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Excellent. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to hear your lines. So you've got them locked into your head still? Okay, I'm going to point at the, each word, each letter in turn, and you're going to shout out your line. Ready? Metaphor. Excellent.
0: Onomatopoeia.
1: I like the sun because it looks like my mum. Oh, no, that was the rhyme. Oh, yeah. Who yeah, was onomatopoeia? Sizzle, there we go. Well done. Rhyme. I
0: like
1: the because it looks like my mum. Well done. Emotion. Well done. Repetition. Well done. Alliteration. Excellent. Personification. Well, like an eye shine, well done. And simile. Excellent, well done. Give them a big round of applause. Well done. So by going through the more raps, we have created a sun poem, but we could have created that poem about anything. We could have created a poem about flowers. dragons, about flowers, about football, about what? What could we have created a more Rats poem about? Yeah, sausages. sausages absolutely. The yeah. Boxes. What? The sausages. Oh, sausages. Yeah. Unicorns. And dads. About dads. Yes. Cats. About cats. About horses. About, about horses. About oh, lovely. About trees, yes, about trees. right at the back? What could we have created a More rap poem about? What other subjects? About okay, animals. About animals, absolutely, yeah. So a about a snake, about a snake. Uh, about a hot dog. About a hot dog. <laughs> pork chops. About pork chops. I'm noticing a, a solid divide between food and animals. Here, yes. Flowers. About flowers, lovely. Snakes. About dogs, about cute dogs, yeah. About family, absolutely. I can see you've got lots of ideas, so hands down. But hands up if you will write a More Raps poem later on. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, I wish you the best of luck writing your More Raps poem. Now, I wanna share a couple of poems with you from this series called the Out Loud series. The first book was Poems Aloud, and then rather confusingly, the title changed to Out Loud, followed by Smile Out Loud, and then Courage Out Loud. And all these books are illustrated by Daniel Gray Barnett, who's a brilliant illustrator, and we've created three books together, but we've never met because he lives in Tasmania. And so we've messaged each other, but we've never actually met in person. But that often happens with books because we're sending emails all over the world and then creating books together, which is kind of magical. So I wanted to share this poem from Poems Aloud, and it's a tongue twister. And you might notice that this tongue twister uses one of the poetic devices. I want you to repeat after me. Try twisting your tongue. Then tuning your teeth. teeth. Try taking your tonsils. From a tummy tickling thief. thief. Try tasting your tears. Then trumpeting your toes. Try taping your temper. To the tip of your nose. What poetic device does that use? well done alliteration so if you want to create your own tongue twisters later on all you need to do is write lots of words that start with the same the same letter and it can be random a bit like this one this try poem. This is a little bit random, so you can do some random sentences that start with the same letter, or you could do sentences that tell a story, but where they all start with the same letter. And then you could see if your friends during break and lunchtime can do your tongue twisters. See if you can actually get their tongues in a twist. Who might try that later on? Excellent, excellent. Now, uh, a poem that I had a lot of fun writing is from Smile Out Loud. And it uses a device called the spoonerism. Now, a spoonerism is when you get a sentence or a phrase and you switch around some of the beginning letters. So have you heard of the phrase, a slip of the tongue? Have you heard of that phrase? When you get, if you say something not quite right, when you get something a bit wrong, which we all do sometimes, you say, oops, I had a slip of the tongue. But if we use a spoonerism, it becomes a tip of the slung. Does that make sense? So instead of a slip of the tongue, we've got a tip of the the slung. So I've taken the T and the SL, the T of tongue and the SL of slip and switched them around. So we get an interesting phrase, a tip of the slung. And this poem has done that with lots of phrases. I want to see if you guys can listen out for the different spoonerisms. Today, I had a tip of the slung. I mean a slip of the tongue. I told my teacher, I'm so sorry, sir, but my mauds are all in a waddle. Stop being so billy-soy, he said. You've got me newing it dow, and the whole class lurfed out, barfing. It's not my fault, sir, I said. I haunt Kelp it," and now the whole class are challing out of their fares and rolling on the law, laughing. That's enough, said sir. Any more, and I'll send you to the Hepatite Deadmaster. It's not smart or clever. You are not being a fart smeller. <laughs> Does anyone know what fart smeller should be? Um, um, smart fella. Well done. Does anyone know what hepity dead deadmaster should be? Yeah. Yeah. Head, <laughs> yeah. Deputy, Deputy headmaster. <laughs> headmaster, yeah. <laughs> Deputy headmaster. Uh, what about rolling on the loaf laughing? Rolling. Rolling on the floor well done. What about I can't it? Well done. What about stop being so billy soy? Yeah, so silly boy. So silly boy. Well done. What about my mords are all in a waddle? My mords are all in a waddle. Excellent. Well done. And what about, oh, there's one I missed, wasn't there? You got me newing it down. Newing it down. Well done. So do you see how spoonerisms work? And how you can have a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun writing that poem just by looking at sentences and switching around the letters. And the thing is, once, you start, uh, once you're aware of Spoonerisms, you start looking for them. You start looking at signs on buses and in the street. And you start like mentally switching over the letters to see what interesting phrases you might get. Do you think you'll start looking out for Spoonerisms now, seeing if you can create some interesting ones? You might find another one like Smart Fella. I'm sure there's some more smart fellas out there. Pedbury Lowitry. Nice. That should be the new name for the festival, I think. Pedbury, Pe- Pedbury Lowitry. Brilliant. Excellent. Excellent work. Pedbury Lowitry. I like that. Um, now, from Courage Out Loud, this book was all about poems to make you feel courageous, about different ways of being brave. And for this first poem, I thought back to when I was a kid. When I was a kid, every Saturday me and my friends would go to the local swimming pool, a place called Putney Leisure Centre. And at Putney Leisure Centre, there were three diving boards. There was a low one, right close, close to the surface of the pool, one that was a bit higher up, you had to climb up a ladder, and then another one that was really high. You had to climb like, I'm not sure how high it was, but you had to climb up three ladders. And it wasn't even a bouncy one, it was just a concrete platform. And every week, we'd go to the pool, my friends would climb up the ladders and they would jump off. And I would climb up the ladder, look down, my knees would shake and I'd climb back down. I'd do this Saturday after Saturday. I'd spend ages just looking down, trying to get brave enough to jump, but I never would until one day I jumped. And when I was thinking about poems uh, related to being courageous, that memory popped back into my head. And so I wrote this poem called Diving. The diving board is up there, a beanstalk above me, a Rapunzel tower height, a giant's hairline high, I am scared but climbing, pushing myself up the ladder one rung at a time as the wolves in my tummy howl, as the witches in my fingers itch, as the trolls in my mind laugh. The air feels thin, the pool sounds echo below me like the crunch of poisoned apples, like the march of defeating armies, like the rumbling of hungry ogres. I creep to the diving board's edge. The pool sounds growl around me, and it feels like I'm pushing through a dark forest, winding through a dark palace, peering through a dark pool. My friends are in the water below, laughing and smiling. I close my eyes tight as the pool swirl roars and jump. And I'm tumbling down a rabbit hole, rappelling down a hair rope, falling into a well. Splash! I kick and thrash to the surface, and I'm gasping and smiling, hugging and high-fiving my friends, and it's like we've got the magic beans, we've stolen the golden egg, we've just arrived at Grandma's house. So that poem was inspired by a memory of a time I was brave. If you were writing a poem about a time you were brave, what would you write about? What memory would you choose if you were writing a poem about a time you were brave? Yeah? I got lost in the you got lost in a forest. Oh, poor thing. But you were brave. Excellent. So the time you got lost in a forest? Sorry? That'd be a great poem, walking through a bullfield and the, the fear of the bull coming towards you. That'd be a lovely poem. Yeah. Once I got lost in, like, a hotel bottom area. In, like, the lobby? Yeah. Oh, yeah? That must have been quite scary. Yeah, so getting lost in a hotel lobby. That could be a brilliant poem, couldn't it? Once when I was at an airport, there was a person that looked like my dad and my cat and then I got scared. Oh... I think oh you know what that brings back. I think we've all done that at the time when we were little. Or sometimes like you turn around and you hold someone's hand and it's like you think it's mum or dad and it's not. You are just like ah. Uh, that could be a really good poem, couldn't it? Couldn't it? Tapping the wrong person, holding the wrong person's hand. Yeah. Eating, Eating your mum's food. <laughs> That's the time you were brave. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. So you were very brave. What did you eat? <laughs> you ate her. You ate your mum's sausages. Were you okay? Did you survive? You didn't survive. <laughs> I hope you got your mum some, some new sausages. <laughs> yeah, at the back. Oh, sorry. Getting lost in Tesco's, I mean, that can be scary for anyone, couldn't that? It was a big Tesco's, not a Tesco's Express. Getting lost in a big Tesco, yeah, it'd be very scary. That could be a great poem. oh, that can be quite frightening, can't it? Where everything just looks the same and you don't, it's a new landscape. Oh, that could be a very good poem, couldn't it? That feeling of getting lost, but you were brave and no doubt you got out because you're here today. (laughs) So well done, yeah. Getting lost in a car park, so that could be another really interesting poem. And you were brave and you got out of the car park or found where you needed to go. Oh, that's good, yeah. I got chased by sheep. You got chased by sheep? Oof. Were they going to knit you into a jumper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. But you were brave. You escaped those sheep with their gnashing teeth and their stinging tails. <laughs> yes, yeah. The quarry. Well done. And also, um, went down. Excellent. So you were feeling scared, but you did it anyway, and you climbed up the quarry, and you climb back down. That must have been very scary. Well done. Well done. Well, I can see you've got lots of ideas, so clearly you've had lots of brave experiences, and you're going to write these poems. Yes? Yeah? And you know what, guys? Whilst you're writing those poems, you could think about the more wraps, and you might be able to throw in a couple of metaphors or some onomatopoeia or some rhyme in there to help lift the writing. Who might do that as well? Excellent. Excellent. Right. We... Oh, yeah, we've got to stop there. Because I want to give you guys time to ask any questions. And we've only got about 10 minutes left. So I'm going to hand over to you to see if there's any more questions that you want to ask. We've looked at one word poems. We looked at the Morap's poems, poems about being brave. We've looked at spoonerisms. We've looked at tongue twisters. I've told you about how I became a writer, how I became the children's laureate. I've talked about books. Have you got any questions, anything you want to know? How long does a book take to write? That's a very good question. It depends on the length. So picture books, I've written many picture books. Picture books are normally about 500 words. And even though they're quite short, they take quite a long time to write because they're quite short, because each word has to count. And it can be very tricky to make 500 words work as an engaging story. So a picture book might take me anything from three to six months to get right. Uh, longer form, so if I'm doing like a middle grade novel, so I've written a series of books called the Fairy Tales Gone Bad series, and they're much longer. Um, they take the best part of a year. I've got some teen novels, uh, like The Girl Who Became a Tree, which is over at the back there. Uh, that took about a year, year and a half. As well. So it depends on, on how long they are. That's a really good question. Yeah. What's your favorite book? My favorite book. I mean, they're, they're all like my children. So they're all my favorites for different reasons, but Werewolf Club Rules is close to my heart because it was my first book to ever get published. And so I still remember running into the bookshop and looking for my book, and it wasn't on the shelves. No. And then it won a prize, and so I ran to the bookshops looking for my book, and it wasn't on the shelves. But then I had some more books come out, and then bit by bit, as I had more and more books come out, my, they call it your backlist. Books like this one, Werewolf Club Rules, was increasingly on the shelves, and now 10 years later, it's still being published, which is quite good, because most books are no longer published after five years. Did you know that? It's quite shocking. After five years, many books are no longer in print. The majority of books are no longer in print. So uh, there'll be a special edition of this one coming out, because it's on its 10th year now. So that's probably my favourite, because it was my first book. I don't. I wish I wish I could, but uh, I need to practice my drawing, but I'm very lucky. I get to work with lots of different illustrators. So Daniel Gray Barnett did all these wonderful illustrations, an illustrator called John O'Leary, uh, illustrating my first book, uh, Overheard in a Tower Block, um, and The Girl Who Became a Tree, which is also at the back. These were both illustrated by a wonderful illustrator called Kate Milner. But yeah, if you can do the pictures and the writing, you get all the money. <laughs> but it's lovely to work with lots of illustrators and to collaborate that's really good how,
0: much books
1: have you sold? How, how many have I sold I don't know the exact number like hundreds and hundreds of thousands so just like I've got a picture book called Luna loves library day I think that's an over 200,000 and if all the world were um I thought, that's in, like, 20 different languages. Luna's in about 12 different languages, like, globally. So, yeah, hundreds and hundreds of thousands. I don't know the exact number. I need to count them all. I need to count them. It might be a million. It might be a million. Yeah? Oh, the hardest one I made. Oh, oh that's, that's tricky. Um, I guess the more difficult ones are the ones that are quite personal. So, Overheard in a Tower Block is a... a, a a poetry collection, but it tells a story. If you read the poems in order, they tell a story. And it's quite a personal collection uh, because it's not my life, but it's inspired by my life. So they're quite difficult to write because you need to sort of work out how you feel about things and then wh- how you're going to translate those feelings into poems. So that was quite a difficult one to write, but I'm very glad I wrote it. Yeah. How oh. old were you when you actually started to, like, start making uh, how old was I when, I, when I first liked to make books, so I was first published with my own book when I was 34. But I, was, I had been published previously, but in anthologies. You know what anthologies are? It's when you've got lots of poems. That's okay. You've got lots of poems or lots of short stories by lots of different poets or authors in one book. And lots of writers start out by having their work published in anthologies. So I think I was first published in an anthology when I was 26. And I had one poem called If All the World Were Paper in a poetry anthology called The Work Six. And I was really excited because it was the first time I was being paid for my writing. I got 50 pounds for my one poem. And that book was in all the bookshops because it was an anthology with hundreds of poets in. I ran to what was then Borders bookshops, which no longer exist. And I got the book off the shelf and I found my name and I found my poem and I did a Little Dance. Um, yeah, so that was the first time. Oh, how many illustrators have I worked with? Oh gosh, loads, loads and loads. I reckon, oh gosh, off the top of my head, maybe about 15, 10 to 15 i say, because I've done multiple books with lots of them. So if I've got about 30 books, I've done seven with Fiona Lumbers, I've done three with Daniel Gray Barnett, but we're working on our fourth. I've done three with Kate Milner, I've done one with John O'Leary. I've done some educational books as well. 10 to 15. Oh, no, more than that. Because I've got a book coming out in in August called 10 Word Tiny Tales. Sorry? Oh, yes, oh, yes. Here's a little hint about my new book. Uh, So there's a book coming out in August. Here's a little hint about my new book. It's called 10 Word Tiny Tales, and it's got 21 stories in, but each story is only 10 words long. But each of those ten-word stories have been illustrated by a different illustrator. So there are twenty-one illustrators in that book. And the idea behind that book is that you get the book, and you read the ten-word tale, and you look at the illustration, and then you get inspired to make that ten-word tale longer. So there are activities in the back helping you to make your stories even longer. The stories in the book even longer. How, yeah. how many people have book? <laughs> Millions. Millions. I just sit there typing away, scrunching up pieces of. It. Is that the image that you've seen, writers sitting there? Well, actually, I d- because I goes back in the old days when we had typewriters, everything would be physical. But because I'm working on a computer, I only really print up my work when it's ready. So I don't throw away that much paper. I try not to. And I, in my printer, I always put old paper. So I use the back of like other things that I've already worked on. That's a really good question. First time anyone's asked me that question. That's a lovely question. Yeah. Ooh, my favourite author, probably like uh, David Almond, who wrote a brilliant book called Skellig. He's written lots of brilliant books. Yeah? Cortex. So That's your core text. Oh, you're so lucky. Do you love it? It's a brilliant book, isn't it? And he's written a picture book called The Dam, which is a really gorgeous book about a village being uh, flooded um, and a father and daughter playing music in each house for the last time. So that's a really beautiful book. We're g- going to take two, three more questions. I'll tell you. On here, yeah. What book? The, the, my first one was Werewolf Club Rules, which was the poetry book, the one with the werewolf on the front, that red and blue one. That was my first one ever. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Do I know uh, of the of Beast Quest? Um, Sort of. Sort of. He's very secretive. He's written lots of books there, hasn't he? Written lots and lots of books. Yeah. Do you like the Beast Quest books? I like the Beast Quest books. They're really good, aren't they? What's your first favourite book? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Oh, fantastic. They're good books as well, aren't they? Excellent. Yes. Oh um and I got really stubborn. Oh, but you were brave. Yeah, and then I was brave. And then um because of um, my dog was making bumbles on
0: for the other side, um she kind of did it all the wall underneath
1: me 'cause I really like my dog and she likes me too, so she helps me quite a lot. I think that could be a brilliant poem. Will you write that poem about getting out of the caravan park and getting going under the bush and owning a pub? <laughs> that would be lovely. Thank you so much. Right, we've got to end there, but I'm going to be at the back signing books if you've got any money for books. If you haven't, it's okay. You can borrow any of my books from any library. And if they haven't got any of the books that you want in stock, you can ask the librarians and they will get it for you. Um, but if you want to come up and ask me any additional questions, that's fine as well. And I hope to see you all in a bit. Thank you so much. That was-